He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to a Good Talk Spoiled podcast, week 52. I'm James Richardson, and I'm joined this week with Barry O'Hanrahan. Hey, Barry. Hey, James. Uh, firstly, I suppose we probably should apologise for last week before we move on. And uh, unfortunately, between my work, your work, and kind of everybody's work, we didn't manage to get a podcast out. So if you are... A bit disappointed last week and you were looking for us, we're sorry, but we are back this week. And we could just uh, say it was the end of January blues as well. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't want to leave the house on a Tuesday evening. Yeah, well sadly uh, I, I was snowed in, uh, in in the north, but anyway. Um, if you'd like to get in contact with us, if you want to give out to us for not being on last week, or if you want to make any suggestions of any topics you'd like us to cover, you can email us at a goodtalkspoiled at gmail.com where I think probably most people get in contact with us through the Twitter, which is at PodcastGTS, and Barry's the kind of the Twitter guy here, so he'll he'll be able to get in contact and deal with all of that. So um, I suppose it's been a couple of weeks, and uh, Barry, I didn't play last weekend because I was at a, uh, at a work conference in Edinburgh. However, you played two weekends ago, and I'm going to let you have your moment because... We could just breeze through it, but we won't. Barry, what happened to you two, you, two weeks ago? Usually you'd say this in really hushed tones and go to the next segment. I'm fine, anyway. So, uh, that's, that's <laughs> everything to do with the own games this week. Um, yeah, I, I won. I won my division. Shot 21 points for nine holes. Um, it's a strange day because when I came off the... You know, you usually get a feeling whether a score is a very good score in a day. But when I finished my round that day, I felt that 21 points hadn't even a sniff of getting top five. But I got a pleasant surprise on Sunday evening when the email came in telling me I won. Did you leave anything out there? Not really, no. I had six pars, three bogeys. Um, no, not really. I put it well. Short game was kind of saving my long game blushes. So, yeah, no, I, was, I was happy enough. With... You've, I, I didn't play with you last weekend because I was away. But um, the last couple of weekends that we were playing together... Um, the change to the the face balance putter, I think, has kind of made a huge difference. We yeah. talked about this a, a good few weeks ago with uh, the guys up in American Golf yeah. about kind of face balance and and uh, you, the you, you changed balance, the yeah. heat toe and you changed to the face balance. I bet you a golf club of mine. I did. It's, yeah, uh, it's working for you. It's working very well now. I mean, I think long term, the the noise off the putter is not something it makes kind of a pinging sound it's a tailor made uh, no it's not it's no a, sorry it's, it's, an not, it's an odyssey, odyssey. <laughs> it's an odyssey sorry it's an odyssey white T-Rock. white ice tiron yeah and it makes a kind of a ping when you get it when you hit an icy now it's good feedback because you know you've hit it sweetly when you get the sound but it's not um, long term I think I'll have to go get my own custom fitted face balance putter because it seems like it's the solution because the in general, anything inside ten foot, I just feel so confident on, and it's it's kind of changed my my head when I'm over put. I just don't even think. I just I just swing and and, I, and it goes like so. Or mo- well, a lot more than 
it, it had been. So it's nice. It's nice. Of course, if you uh, if you do get your own one, it will stop me being tempted halfway round to say, Barry, can I have my putter back? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because occasionally it has crossed my mind when I'm you know in the doldrums of you know maybe a three putt. Uh, bogey or something and I'm just thinking do you know what I could really screw him up right now and just go Barry give me back my golf club yeah. no I can't put it in my bag and I'm happy to be disqualified just give it fucking back to me do you know what ever since you floated that threat to me a few weeks back I've actually had my old putter in my bag for those rounds just you, in case you don't have the full compliment no uh, I don't you, no, you've yet. always left a no, few spare spots you never know like yeah you might just pick up a club before a round but anyway yeah so I'm playing looking Look, it's great to get out of January into February. You can feel the golf season is so close. It's just but a few weeks away. We got an email from our golf club today, and our first 18-hole competition is March the 7th. So that's, March 7th. That's only five weeks. It's, uh, it's certainly it's certainly getting on, and uh, I suppose it kind of gives me a bit of the runt up the backside to get out onto the driving range and actually do some work because uh, yeah, it, uh, I want to hit the ground running. But um, look, if anybody... Uh, over the last couple of weeks has been out or if there's any pointers or tips you know do get in contact with us podcast gts um the news items uh there, there's there's quite a few bits that we want to have a conversation about one is rory mcelroy's case um against horizon this is this ongoing mm-hmm. dispute that rory mcelroy says that the contract he signed with his management company company horizon was unconscionable and that signing it at the christmas party was uh, probably not the greatest idea. Um, I've heard today that uh, they were talking about a 20% commission on everything he earned was going to Horizon. That's a lot. It's huge. Yeah. Uh, when you think that he reportedly signed for Nike for $100 million, um, that is a lot of money going down. Horizon, to be fair, have countersued on the grounds that uh, they're entitled to the twenty percent until from from backdated up mm. until I think twenty seventeen, and they're looking for that commission uh, to be paid by his new management company that Rory has set up. It started today in the Irish High Courts, and uh, there was a bit of wrangling going on in front of the judge, looking for more time. Yeah, apparently there was a bit of talk on the front steps of the courts as you know before they went in to see could anything be figured out, but obviously it had, it couldn't. So um, Brian Kyo, uh, who has a great website Irish Golf Desk, phenomenal for use and for news, and he is also on Twitter at, at Irish Golf Desk. He was at the case today in the courtroom and he was doing a bit of tweeting. So um, the the most pertinent tweet was counsel for McElroy, Paul Gallagher, senior counsel said they needed time to narrow the issues to save time in what could be a six to eight week case. So that would seriously impact upon his preparation for the Masters. I don't think anybody wants to be in court for six to eight weeks. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he will himself be there. I have to say from, you know, what I heard a couple of weeks ago and I kind of said to you guys off air that there was a lot of conversations going on in the background to try Mm. and settle this case. That to me, in my own experience, would be... um, a fairly good indication to the judge we're not narrowing the issues we're narrowing how much is going to be paid and who's going to pay it so i don't think it's in anybody's interest horizon don't want like horizon want to have a future in the industry rory obviously doesn't want to have to get into court and say he didn't know what he was doing it's going to come down to brass tacks it's coming down to money and all they have to do is get to the figure that Mm. one or other party now, I've heard that senior counsel, junior counsel, and all the lawyers are going to probably be the ones who ultimately are, are the happiest winners. out of this. But uh, 
But it's going to go on and on, and uh, sure, we'll we'll update next week if but, there's any movement. You know, in these situations where people are suing others and counter-suing, the, re- the real goal is just to get it out of the headlines and the, the media as quickly as possible. So, I mean, that's that's incentive enough for them all to try come to an, an out-of-court settlement. But the thing is, and, and we'll leave it at this in a set, you know, after this point, but um, six, six to eight weeks, I don't expect him to be there for the six to eight weeks, but we're then right on top of the, the Masters. He's going mm. for the Grand Slam he, in terms of the, the full the complement. Career grand slam, <coughs> the slam, career yeah. Grand Slam rather than the, the, the calendar Grand Slam or, or, well, look, just, or all just of his, his schedule is set right at the moment. He is planning to return to the Honda Classic, which is February 26th. So I think he's probably seems to have allocated three weeks of his time to this case. Yeah, look, the, look, I don't think anybody wants to be dragging it out, and certainly he doesn't. Of course, he's within, you know, driving distance for him down the motor, uh, down the, 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 the keys down to Royal Dublin if he wants a quick 18 holes or out to Castle Knock yeah, yeah, if he wants a bit of practice while waiting for the lawyers to get on with a it. A serious choice of golf courses around this part of the world. Talking about uh, people who are suing, and this this is something that uh, I, I brought to your attention today, Barry, that uh, the US caddies um, under the name of uh, Mike Hicks has brought a class action suit against the PGA Tour looking for a $50 million settlement for the over 80 professional caddies that have uh, joined up to this suit. And what they're claiming is that they have been unlawfully compelled to wear the logos and other insignia of corporate sponsors on the bibs. I suppose this is, you know, when you, they go to like the farmers mm-hmm. or they go to, to, to any of the tournaments, they have the tournament sponsor, BMW and so on. Yep. And uh, what they're saying is that the tour has allegedly prevented caddies from sharing in tens of millions of dollars in the annual advertising revenue that they get for this. Put bluntly, the caddies contend that the PGA forces them to become unpaid human billboards for the advertisement of companies sponsoring the tour. And what they're basically saying is, that pie is a nice big pie and you can start sharing it out to me. Yeah. Um, do you, do you know what? It's it's not a it's not a kind of an idea for a, a, a lawsuit that would just kind of come to the top of your head. I mean, somebody I don't know where where would you come up with the idea for that? Yeah, so, some, well, somebody's obviously irked about not getting enough money, or or maybe somebody approached a caddy and said, "Could we pay you to be a sponsor on your bid?" Well, I'd wonder is there you know if uh, if you had a conflict, you know, if there was a situation where, for mm-hmm. argument's sake, you're being sponsored or your 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 pro is being sponsored by Mercedes. And he, of course, gets to wear Mercedes gear, and yet they're playing in the BMW, and he's standing beside the caddy who has a big BMW sign on him. Mm. And perhaps the caddies or the the pros or whoever it is are saying, you know, this is impacting on us. And really, at the end of the day, it's image rights, and it's 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 going into the coffers of the PGA and not going down down the chain. Yeah. But I know caddies can you know sign their own kind of sponsorship agreements with companies. You know, you see them with some caddies with different hats and some caddies will uh, link up with rangefinder companies, you know, because the caddies are the ones that they map out the courses. So they I guess the the big billboard though is their bib, not a cap. So well, it certainly is. I suppose that will rumble on anyway over in the States, and I suppose it will we'll be interesting on, to see. On, ongoing legal updates week by week. On yeah, good well, it world. is. Uh, um, <coughs> well, actually, I suppose, just while we bring other kind of bits of news, um, if you have a spare 200 million uh, sitting in your back pocket there, Barry, you can uh, be the proud owner of the 2014 Ryder Cup 
venue, Glen Eagles. Cool. I'll just go with the Urmanins a few weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah. You'll need a few <laughs> a few weeks. Um, talking yeah. about the old jackpot and uh, the lotto being won, and I suppose the RNA are looking a lot more chirpy tonight with the uh, their bank balance. Today, it's been announced by the RNA that after 61 years, or what will be 61 years, the BBC have lost the rights to host uh, live exclusive coverage of the Open from 2017. Sky Sports, which is a pay-per-view um, uh, sports challenge channel here in, in, in the British Isles, that uh, they've got live coverage now, um, reportedly paying somewhere in excess of the £7 million mm. per year. Rumours anywhere between kind of 10 to to 14 but uh it's certainly the bbc basically said today they couldn't compete and uh they pulled out uh the bbc will get prime time highlights coverage but that that's it um what's your first reaction to to what has been an institution in the this part of the world for the open yeah my first when i first heard the story kind of filter out a couple of weeks ago that this could happen i, I mean i was a little bit sad because we can, we grew up with golf and the BBC and the voices and Peter you know, Alice, Peter Alice and making and, inappropriate comments about Swedish ladies. I know, yeah, and also I mean, little kind of touches like you know their leaderboard is blue, so it was different, and you know the, the way the player score was shown is different than we've become used to on Sky. But uh, having had time to dwell on it, I've kind of come to think that ultimately it's for the better f- for golf because Sky put on such a better show when it comes to showing golf than the BBC. I think the BBC coverage has noticeably dropped off in quality, or the, the whole package has noticeably dropped off in quality over the last few well, years. I, w- I wonder if it's if it's dropped off in quality, or is it just that Sky have gotten better and better? I, I think Sky are both. perfecting mm. golf, and, and we've talked a bit, and people who listen to this podcast um, quite often will hear us talk about you know the quality of being able to see the undulations, the... The links golf on a on a Sky Sports mm. program rather than that on a BBC. Yeah. They just don't quite get. They don't nail the it. No. And I think I think a, a, a real big difference is that the Sky the cameramen are working week in week out on tour, and they get to know what they're working with, which are golf courses, and you know they know how best to use the angles you know, and show the course. Whereas the BBC guys, they'll do one or two golf tournaments a year, so they're not specialized golf cameramen which the sky guys are and they just they managed to pull this all together and the producers of course are putting this you know the golf tournament together week after week after week it's a really slick operation on there sky is, there is a couple of things that i suppose i thought about uh, uh, and one of them was um you know the great thing about the bbc and you've slightly allied my fears on this earlier but one great thing about the bbc was there was no adverts and my mm. concern would be you'd see three shots that just paid 10 to 14 million for this we're never going to see much golf we're going to spend the whole day just watching adverts yeah. um, but you've said to me that there's actually a very specific rule that says that they can only have four ad breaks per uh, hour yeah and each one can only be 60 seconds long so the, the, the RNA actually put this stipulation in as part of Sky buying the rights that they can only have four 60 second ads an hour which is fine yeah, well, we can do we can deal with that. I suppose. Look, this is where I come from on this, and you can tell me whether or not you agree with it. It is a part of me that says it's great for grassroots investment. You know, it's going to go back into the game. It's going to go to golf clubs that need it. It's going to go to, mm-hmm. to improving it. Ideally, it, it won't 
end up in the pockets of the players, but you know, realistically, there's going to be an element of that. The one thing I would say is that you know, I started playing golf because I sat for four days watching golf live on TV, which mm. we didn't have Sky Sports at that time. We didn't have you know now. In fairness, in the late eighties and the nineties, it wouldn't have been as much a done thing now as it is. But I'm not sure if you know if 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 I didn't have Sky Sports and I had the ability to watch it, whether or not I'd be playing golf. golf, Yeah. Um, Because it was Nick Faldo's 89, 90, and it was just four days of watching this because it was just exciting to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, And there wasn't much else on TV back then either. Well, we probably had about four channels. So, so so seeing a sport was a, was a treat. No, I get, I get it. I do. And look, there's there are ways to access it. You know, you can go to your local golf club if you really love golf and you don't Sky Sports and go to your local golf club. You can buy a week long package for. I mean, it's probably not going to be much. Be ten or fifteen euro or pounds. I don't. I don't think losing golf off losing this last tournament off terrestrial TV is going to, you know, push the decline of golf even more. I mean, golf's been declining for years. You know, even with these tournaments on the free to air channels. So, I mean. I think it's good that the RNA will have more money to invest and actually come up with a, a proper plan to develop grassroots golf rather than, you know, just this one tournament on terrestrial TV. If there was a stipulation that Peter Alice would have to go across to Sky, I'd be all over this. I'd be fine with that. You know, I mean, God, if they could like just... They should have taken him for the 10 million as well. Actually, that would be... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alice, 10 million, fantasy, fantasy golf commentators. I mean, God, if they could just replace Mark Rowe and Monty for this one tournament with Peter Alice... And Ken Brown. And Ken Brown. Well, you need Ken on the course. The superstars drafted in for one week. Um, Well, I certainly, I I heard uh, Peter Alice talk about it today, and obviously he's very disappointed about it. And he was saying, uh, in only Peter Alice's way, it's, you know, BBC versus Sky Sports. It's like going to a poker poker tournament with Warren Buffett and Donald Trump. Mm. You think you have a few quid until they take out their wallet and you realize you're in the halfpenny place. So, uh, look, it, it's a done deal now. Enjoy the last two years of the Open on BBC because 2017, uh, you won't, you won't have it. Or you just get the highlights package. Um, looking back, we're going to very briefly, Barry, you're going to give a 30 second update on what happened two weeks ago, which is long forgotten by most of our listeners at this stage. So but 28 seconds of silence and then who won? Qatar. No. Yeah. So, yeah, let's go with the European Tour. So we had the Commercial Bank Qatar Masters in Doha Golf Club, and Brandon Grace was very impressive winning. Um, he shot 30, 31 on the back nine, including an eagle and a drivable par 4 16th. So that was a very impressive victory, and he, he really seems to be a cracking golfer when in contention for um, for a tournament. He's won, a, he's won what, four times now in the last year and a bit, so it's, uh, yeah, he's one to watch. And over in the Humana Challenge, which was played in California, um, the pros had a field day. It was like they were playing a computer game with all the birdies that were going in. And Bill Haas won that by one shot from five players. But I think the, the real talking point about that whole week, you know, forget the, the pro-am part of it, was his recovery shot on 18 when he his tee shot finished, his ball finished on the lip of the bunker, and the only stance he could take was sort of a baseball stance. The ball was... Well, he was, just to explain that now, he was, the ball was literally on the lip. Yeah. Um, he was, it was probably, 
I was about to say tit height, but it was probably was about tit depends, height. Depends how tall you um, <laughs> But he was actually standing in the bunker. It was at least um, the height of a stomach. And he's only was. leading by one shot at this point, isn't he? He's yeah. twenty-two under, and the nearest is twenty-one under. So it's it's, it's a par five. He needs to he needs to he needs to make a par, and you know he's got four shots to get down from you know with a with a really difficult bunker shot in front of him. So um, he, he was thinking about playing it backhanded. He was thinking about hitting it back down the fairway. Because Caddy talked him into choking down a six iron and just kind of bunting it up the fairway. And, you know, to be fair to him, he did really well. He made contact with the ball, albeit he, he just got it off the toe of the club. If you see the video in slow motion, the club wobbles like crazy. But he nudged it down the fairway about 100 yards, didn't hook the ball too much, and then played a great seven iron onto the green and two put it for the win. And and the rest is history. The one thing I took, and, and we were re-watching it um over the last few days uh, preparing for today and uh, the bit that I took from it and what I would learn is that he really didn't do an awful lot in terms of swinging you know mm-hmm. it was very very easy swing it was yeah. about just getting club on ball and it wasn't trying to I think if I had been doing that I'd have probably thought well sure I'll take the driver out and go for the green <laughs> you know but when you yeah, watch it, so you can smooth. see exactly where he's... There's no movement in the bottom half of the, the, the leg. Mm. It's it's nice and easy. It's a really slow, calculated swing. And all he's looking for... Because worst case scenario for he hits it... 20 yards. 20 yards in front of him. He's yeah. on the fairway and he, get, you know, he, he tries to get up and down or mm-hmm. he's got three from there. And it's something that I suppose we as amateurs, if, if you want to see something... And learn from one shot. Probably mm. go onto YouTube and watch it, because you probably will learn more from that than. Uh, than yeah, I, th- I think the kind of yeah the ultimate lesson is he didn't try to make up for his one mistake all in one shot. Mm. He he kind of took his medicine and just said I can get swing it nice and easy and just even if I get this a hundred yards down the fairway, brilliant. If I get the middle of the club, it's a it's a three quarter six iron. It's going to go 120, 130 yards. He, but I'm sure these, yeah, uh, like I'm sure really our clever. listeners, uh, I'm it's sure clever. our listeners would be sitting there, and, and you can get in touch with us at Podcast GTS because I'd say if they're anything like me, I would have done something yeah. crazy wrong, and I would have ended up thinking to myself, "Oh, whoops! I've just now made you know an eight yeah, or yeah. a nine, when in fact the better thing was just bunt it five yards in front yeah, of yeah, you yeah. And, and go on. Take your medicine. It's unlucky. It's unfortunate. Uh, you move on. Nine times out of ten, one of us would have ended up with like a whirlwind tornado swing finishing at a pirouette and the ball just topped him or gone nowhere with an air Or shot. you would have ended up with your head in the sand. <laughs> Which is very probably possible. More yeah. I mean, I, I think his caddy was brilliant. And I know we don't have caddies on a week-to-week basis, but if ever you're kind of in one of those situations, those crazy situations, just... Maybe time to take an extra ten seconds ago. What would what would somebody oh, else say advice wise for this? I have I missed this. I thought you were my caddy for the whole for the last two three years. I assumed we played every Saturday because you were caddying for me. Yeah, Is that, and I was just a caddy that was given playing rights. Ah shit. Yeah. Right, you can give me back. No, no longer are you wearing that bib for me at the weekend. Yeah. Who gets all the shot penalties then? For <laughs> giving advice, Stu. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so look, uh, I suppose that that was two weeks ago, which nobody cares about anymore. And uh, moving on to last <laughs> week, which in about three days' time nobody will care about either. But uh, let's start in the European Tour. Um, Rory McIlroy, like we said a couple of weeks, uh, you know, a couple of weeks back on the podcast, which would have been towards the kind of October September, the Ro- the, the domination of Rory McIlroy in golf is possibly starting. Mm. And uh, we look at his record. Now for the European Tour. Now 
in his last seven appearances on the European Tour, he has four wins and three second places. It's it's getting to the point where if he keeps playing like that, it's uh, Tiger Woods version 2.1. It's a little bit ridiculous what he's doing at the moment. Um, his last 28 European Tour rounds, he's 117 under par. So he just can't stop it. But I thought this was a guy who, less than two years ago, was having a major crisis. He was gone from the game. He was never coming back. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, amazingly, yeah. you know, two years on, the only thing he had, what, two years ago was uh, looking at an Australian uh, title. And now look what's happened in over 12, 13 it's months. It's phenomenal, phenomenal. I mean, to, just to put his performance in perspective last week, out of 72 holes, he made two bogeys the whole week. Yeah, he finished 22 under par, so it was it was just brilliant, brilliant golf. I mean, he re- he just crushed the field in the first three days and was able to just manage his ball around the golf course on day four and shot a two under par 70 and, well, they say and won you play, very comfortably. They say you play well when you're confident. And when I heard him on Thursday say, geez, it's easy out there to score, um, I, I thought to myself, there's a man who is... Yeah. But walking with a, an air of cockiness all the way into the high court in Dublin, but uh, and so focused though as well. I mean, even before the tournament, he said that if he finished anywhere else but first, he'd be disappointed for the week. So you see what like he has just tunnel vision for titles at the moment. I've said it previously about Tiger when he got to the point of such domination that the the media and the other players were always talking about playing for second place. If Rory keeps playing like that. I think we're going to start hearing a lot of people say, you know, when Rory's in the field, we're all playing for second. And if yep. that psychological advantage comes to Rory, I think he's he's really destined for, for big, big things. I'm not putting him in the scale of, of beating Jack. I think he's right at saying one at a time, but yeah, yeah. he's going to be one of the best uh, that, that certainly the European Tour has ever seen. No, it's a really good point. I don't think the fear factor will get quite as... Um petrifying to players as as it was for Tiger Woods back then um, but I mean, certainly you've got to, if your team are up against Rory these days you've got to wonder how am I going to I'm going to have to play my best ever to beat this guy this week um, just the way he's gone on even his B game is getting to a higher level yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a really exciting year to see I mean he, he, you could, you could make, like when Tiger was back in his pomp you could make a case for Rory winning all four majors this year now, we know that's not going to happen statistically, but, you know, it's uh, I think I think there's really possibly, possibly more of a chance if, if if the Masters jacket goes to Rory in April, I, I think there will be a clamour for what can he do this year. Mm. You know, the shackles even, will be off then, won't they? Really? Well, well, he's free rolling at that stage mm. because that will be... If, if, on the other hand, you know, he's a poor Masters... Because I think Rory is now looking at it as a player who is only interested in Masters. Yeah, sorry, in, in, in Majors. He's he's now a player who has won the biggest tournaments in, in mm. normal competitive week-to-week golf. He doesn't need to keep going and winning, you know, the South African Open. This guy is going to be known for how many Majors he wins, not how many yeah. ordinary tournaments he wins. Other players, uh, Martin Keimer, another good week, I suppose, for him. Tied fourth, Gary Stell tied fourth and um, I suppose just going down slightly Graham McDowell tied ninth top ten for him that's 14 a, under for his know. first week back that's a nice nice return to the to the game to the European tour yeah it certainly is and uh, you know it's it's. I think it's good because for, for Irish golf it's nice to see those lads back you know really at the top top end competing and, and not just kind of turning up um, 
Was there anyone else, Barry, that you kind of saw? Like Lee Westwood was was tied ninth as well. Good good week for him. Um, They're kind of impressed on the week. I mean, you got to give credit to Stephen Gallagher. He was the double defending champion and he finished third. Um, he likes it around there, doesn't he? It's just incredible. I mean, yeah, wish we could find a golf course like that. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, look, if anybody knows of it, uh, podcast GTS and. Um, Going stateside, going over to uh, to America. The craziest golf tournament of the year. Uh, tell the the listeners about it, Barry. So Sunday Sunday was a mad day at this tournament. I mean, on the golf side of things, as everyone, if anyone doesn't know, this tournament is famous for the stadium they build around the 16th hole, which is a par three. So just uh, this is the Waste Management Phoenix, Phoenix Open. Phoenix Open, yeah. Where the Super Bowl was last weekend as yeah. well. So uh, so uh, this this is. This is kind of an event for people in Arizona to go to. They get nearly half a million people through the gates each week to this golf tournament. Um, you have about 25,000, people in the stands around this par three. And the challenge for the golfers is hit the green, you don't get booed. If you miss the green, you get booed. Because we talked about this, they couldn't throw stuff into the crowd because yeah. of insurance reasons. And yeah, that was just crazy. Podcast. And all the commentators giving out about that, and rightly so. I think some of the golfers were passing things out. They were allowed to pass things out. And... Um, yeah, I mean, it was brilliant. I mean, one of the highlights of the week, obviously, was uh, Francesco Molinari making a hole in one on the 16th. You know, on that hole, the crowd went ballistic and then proceeded to throw every beer can they had in the stands onto the ground <laughs> in front of them. So it was quite a sight. If you hadn't seen it, give it a go on YouTube. Um, so, yeah, sun- Sunday was crazy for a while because it seemed like nobody really wanted to go grab this tournament by the, the scruff of the neck and go win it until Brooks Kepka, um got his act together and made an eagle on the 15th um, and that, that set him up to go finish par, par, par. Uh, it was a little bit more exciting than that because on the 17th, which is a drive of a par 4, he took his 3-wood and that's a 340-yard hole and he put it through the green and it finished one foot from going into the hazard. It actually finished on the hazard line. The hazard was water, so he, he thought it was gone. Um, but he managed to make par from there and stood up on the 18th tee, which is by no means... a easy tee shot you know, to carry over water there's you know bunkers right next to the fairway and he absolutely nuked it about 330 down the middle and just get, left himself a small wedge into the green and he uh, he got got in for his par and finished on 15 under ahead of Bubba Watson Ryan Palmer Matsuyama um, they were all on 14 under and Martin Laird who completely ran out of luck on the 17th and 18th who he looked like he was going to win it all week all the luck was with him he's holding putts left right and centre it was a it's a bit of a wild ride but he made a bogey on 17 and then he hit the most almighty snap hook on 18 into the water so he made a double there and he finished three shots off after dropping those three in the last two holes so it's a little bit unfortunate for him but um Brooks Kepka has kind of announced his announced himself on the PJ Tour after winning late last year on the European Tour in Turkey. Yeah, so, and he's he's uh, he's given kind of a, a nod to the uh, to the, the kind of schooling he got out of mm-hmm. the European Tour, saying that uh, you know a the lot more players should should be looking at going and you know really cutting a, a very good education out on the European Tour, grinding out some wins, and then then looking to the US rather than trying to be a journeyman over the US. Yeah, it seems to be a good way to progress now, especially with the way the web.com and the qualifying for the PGA Tour is done these days rather than having the Q school, which was kind of a quick a quick, well, a quick, but brutal way to get onto the PGA Tour. 
Um, we've seen Peter Uline and Brooks Kepka. They those two guys have come over and they've done the best of the the Americans. This you know follow the European tour path, travel around the world, learn the game, and they they're both winners now. And Kepka's a winner on the PGA Tour, so I think he he could have a great year. He he's a beast. He hits the ball miles. A uh, young amateur player tied fifth. Mm. Um, really came out of nowhere. Must. Some week for him to be able to remember finishing with uh, on the leaderboard with, as you say, Brooks, Bubba Watson, Ryan Palmer, Matt Siama, and then his name. That's uh, that's something nice to John Rom. Yeah, it was a what a week. He he was great actually when he was on the 16th. He kind of got one of the uh, local university football jerseys and kind of put his name Rambo on the back along with a number of one of the, like their famous players. So he really kind of pumped up the crowd and embraced it. And well, he seemed, certainly did well. 70, seemed to have a laugh. Uh, four rounds of a 70, 68, 66, 68 for a 272. Wasn't too far off. Only three uh, go for a playoff. So uh, possibly one to, to keep a very close eye on into the future. Okay, can we go to the other end of the leaderboard and talk about the topic everyone wants to hear about? Oh, yes. Do you, do you, you know what, Barry? I nearly forgot about this. <laughs> uh, yes, let's go to the other end, and there's only one person we could be talking about, the man who is a, a toothless wonder these days, Tiger Woods, both on and off the, the, gap, gap the course. Um, well, he can't use his gap wedges. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's really got the yips, hasn't he? Oh my god, who knows what he has, but he had a case of bad scoring last weekend, and he went 73-82, which was his worst round as a professional golfer. He, uh, in 36 holes, this is proper, like, we could do this, in 36 holes, he had 10 bogeys, 3 doubles, and 1 triple, and uh, the, the, the news just gets worse for him. He slipped out to 56th in the world rankings, so he's no longer eligible for the WGCs. Which the match play is on in a few weeks' time. It's yeah. not the match play. The, sorry, Cadillac, I think, is on in a few weeks' time. So He's yeah. in real race. Is he playing this week? He might come on to that. I think oh. he is. I think he's changed his schedule and he is going to Torrey Pines because I think he is currently something like 40 to 1. But, um, You're correct. He's 50 to 1 this week. 50 to 1. Have you ever seen Tiger Woods at 50 to 1? No, um, not I thought they'd have had to chop off one of his arms to make him 50 to 1 for a tournament. So it was... It was proper. Somebody who was really struggling with his chipping, like he was using four iron bump and runs when he should he should definitely have been using wedges. And he what, what he's talking about being this is this is his excuse now or what he's saying is going wrong. He said he's caught between patterns. So how he explained it was when he was with Sean Foley, he used to have a steep angle of attack with his chipping, and now with um oh what his new swing consultant and his own Como, that's it. He's now got a shallower angle of attack, so he, he's not consistently bottoming out the club in the same place. And this is just, it looks to have just destroyed his confidence. But this is the bit that I don't get about this, right? He's been injured for quite some time, pre-Christmas. Mm-hmm. He's not in a position to be hitting full shots for quite some time. Totally understand that. Surely then, if you're Tiger Woods or any professional golfer, you would do what you can on the putting green and in around the green for mm. your short game. So the excuse of bedding in a new short game should have been happening in August, September, October of last year. Mm. Not all of a sudden. Like this is the second time we saw him a couple of months, uh, you know, before Christmas in the first topping the ball, chunking it, you know, hitting fat shots. Like his 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 yips isn't just this tournament. 
This happened before Christmas as well. Yeah, we need to stop saying that Y word, James. Some yips. People, yeah, some, <laughs> yips. Tiger is yips. Um, look, it's... T- I, I always kind of fall... I love that quote. I think it's by Jack Nicholas. He said, it takes 100 good shots to build confidence and only one bad shot to destroy it. And Tiger's confidence looks so frail at the moment. He just... He doesn't seem to have it in him to just attack the chip shots the way we've seen it for years and years and years. Well, I suppose there's two things, a couple of things I say. One, we were writing off Rory McIlroy two years ago and look what he's done. So, yeah. you know, this might not be the death nail in Tiger Woods' game. He could come back easily from this. The short game is definitely his problem. You know, his scrambling stats are appalling mm. and where. I read a very good article over the weekend on Saturday when they were talking about Tiger and they were saying, look, here's a guy who at his prime was able to get out of any problem with no worse than a par. Mm -hmm. His putting would save him, his short game would save him, and this is what's now deserted him. And I suppose the last thing I'd say is, as much as I would be one who would like for the Tiger Woods carousel to slowly die down and disappear into the background, he has more majors than missed cuts in his career. Yeah, um, which probably while we're trying to put the death nail in him right now, it's not going to happen. It's not realistic, no. you know. So he'll figure it out. Like he's the greatest golfer that we know in our generation. You know, he well, will he loves Tory Pines. He loves Tory Pines, and he's he won his last major was at Tory Pines. Yeah, it's so he feels the factor could just settle him down. Well, he loves those Californian coastline mm. courses. You know, it's perfect time probably for him to be hitting the likes of Torrey Pines, Pebble Beach and these courses that he loves. Mm-hmm. And if you're turning up to a clubhouse that you're remembering bringing home a, a major championship, yeah. you're probably thinking to yourself, I'm walking onto the tee a little bit taller. And um, He'll be fine, he'll be fine. I mean, everyone's got their own theory about what's going wrong, but the ultimately the only person to figure it out is him. We all know that. And he's figured out every problem he's had over the years. There's no reason to doubt he won't do it again. I think what's enjoyable is because we are of a generation, and this generation of fans, it was all about Tiger. It's been all about Tiger since Mm. 1997. So to see the man be knocked and to show that he is fallible makes my game look an even lot better because at least I can go out and say, do you know what, Tiger can have bad days, I can have bad days. My bad days are obviously, you know, a lot worse and my best days are kind of his worst days. uh, Some sort of sado-empathy you've got going on. It's a a little bit of a mix of both. Nah, but I think there's a a part, and anybody who disagrees with me, again, at Podcast GTS, but I, I personally believe that we all take a little bit of pleasure in seeing the pros screw up. We're all, it does help a little bit, you know, especially if you're having a bad. I'm going to remind you of that next time you chunk a chip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. throw your club. Well, I, I'll just tell you I'm doing a tiger. Yeah, you <laughs> just tell your caddy to shut up, won't you? <laughs> well, I will just make sure I go to a different line the following week. <laughs> uh, that is looking back. Yeah. I, I think, you know, tiger is, 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 is something that everybody will be talking about over the water cooler this week. So that's our two cents worth. Um, looking at the tournaments going on this weekend, uh, the European Tour goes off to Malaysia, which is now a new uh, European country. Mm-hmm. Um, but the European Tour is now taking place in Malaysia. Um, it is currently being headed by Lee Westwood, thirteen to two, Weisberger, uh, eleven to one, Graham McDowell, fourteen to one. After a good week last week, 
Uh, Danny Willett, 16 to 1. Stephen Gallagher, 20 to 1. Andy Sullivan, 25 to 1. Nicholas Coulthard, 25 to 1. And then it kind of disappears down the line to, oh, wait, sorry, hold on. Fleetwood, Woodwood, Fleetwood. Tommy, <laughs> uh, Tommy is 40 to 1. And, uh, it's a, it's a tournament that is always just a pain in the backside for us when it comes to TV. Well, not yet, because it's played when we're asleep. Yeah. Most so it's, yeah, it's might, good for the insomniac. Yeah, you might, you might get up early in the morning and cash in the coverage and, it's, they, they inevitably have problems with thunderstorms and rain delays. And and do you know the thing that really annoys me about this particular tournament uh-huh. is that even if I was going to watch the highlights at 4 or 5 o'clock, I've heard the results True throughout song. the day on the sports bulletins yeah, and yeah, the news yeah. bulletins went on the radio. It's so go, it's, it's not even one out. that you can hide from and say, I'll watch, you know, two hours of, uh, of highlights. Uh, Barry, what's the course like? What are you saying to the punters out there who are going to put their hard-earned five euros? Uh, don't back who I recommend. Well, that, yeah, well, we'll go with so, that. But yeah. What's the course like? The course is a 6,967-yard par 72. So it's going to be hot and humid out there. Uh, players sweaty. 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 Players, sweaty. Players who are fit and kind of, kind of keep the focus when, you know, in pretty nasty conditions. So I'm, I'm looking down this list. Uh, it's, it's an undulating golf course. There is water in play on 13 holes, which is a good opportunity to cool down when you're getting a bit hot and sweaty uh, if the players so choose. In terms of who will do well, it seems to be the same guys kind of do well at this course year after year. They kind of tend to develop a familiarity and a liking for the place. So, I mean, you've got... Lee Westwood has Westwood enjoyed this course quite a lot. He just does great. He just loves, seems to love winning out in Asia. Which goes against your uh, your fit and, you know, <laughs> he's able to take the... Uh, he's not as porky as he used to uh, be. Um, Danny Willett's got some great results here. He's got a sixth, a third, and a fifth in the last five years. Stephen Gallagher's had a second here in the last five years. Rafa Cabrera Bellio's had a third and a fourth in the last four years. So, you know, there's kind of trends of golfers. He's, he's out with 50 to 1. So, yeah. he might be a nice long shot his way. He's a real heartbreaker though, Rafa. He lighter, you know, he can, you can, you know, do a Tiger of last week or else he can do a Tiger of 1997. Um, I don't know. I I think I'd say keep an eye on Peter Uline, who was Brooks Kepka's uh, roommate when they were on the European tour together, and uh, he's been showing a bit of form the last three weeks. And with his friends just winning across the uh, water, he might be extra motivated. To the do other water this week. Yes, yeah, the reverse <laughs> it's water. The reverse it's the, water. Yeah, the Pacific water. Yeah. So, so. Peter Uline is coming in at forty to one this week. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not same, same as Angel, Angel Jimenez, maybe. Uh, Miguel, yeah. You know, he might, uh, he might go. But look, let's let's move across the pond, uh, depending on which way you want to go. And I suppose that uh, certain certain betting houses are kind of going six places at this tournament uh, for for the place. So would they have a green logo? Uh, they would, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. But we we won't we 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 won't nominate them. Power. Yeah. Um, so they're paying six ways this week. That's and nice. It's the Farmers Insurance Open. And I'm right. It, it, it is Tory yeah. Pines, yeah, isn't it? Tory Pines, yeah. They um, play, so they played this on two courses the north and the south course so the players will play one round on each course on the thursday and the friday and then after the cut is made they will only play the south course then okay so you, yeah, you make the cut you end up with three rounds in the south course and the south course is the beast 
That's the one that they had the US Open on. It's the longest par 72 on the PGA Tour at six, uh, sorry, 7,698 yards. Ooh, that distance would make us cry. It's so long. So I assume what you'd be looking for is guys with, with a long drive. And Some, somebody who can score like crazy on the north course because that is the easier of the two. It's just over 7,000 yards and that's where players make all of their birdies and all their scores. I mean, for example, last year, Scott Stallings, his first two rounds on the south course, they were level par. So it's really about make your score on the north course and then hang on for dear life on the south because Tari Pines is an animal. Well, let me go through some of the runners and riders. Uh, Jimmy Walker, 12 to 1. Jason Day, 12 to 1. Jordan Spieth, 12 to 1. Matsuyama, 18 to 1. Ricky Fowler, 22 to 1. Uh, Justin Rose, 22 to 1. Brant Snedeker, 25 to 1. Came into a bit of form last week. He did. Uh, Kopka, uh, 25 to 1. Delat, 28 to 1. Dusty Johnson, 28 to 1. And then Phil Mickelson, 30 to 1. Bill Haas, down at 30 to 1. And then we keep going all the way down and we get Tiger at 50 to 1. Yep. Um, Five time winner at this course. Russell Knox, 66 to 1 there as well. It's just you love Russell Knox. Well, because he's always there or thereabouts. He was, what, top 25 last week, you know, so he's he's never that far away. I just, you know what, if I keep putting my money on him, eventually that horse will come through. He was 10th there last year, so he clearly knows how to get around the place. Um, This, your game needs to be sharp this week. You know, you need everything going pretty well. You need your short game to be on fire because it's just tough around here. So, I don't know, pick any of those really solid guys. Your Jimmy Walker, Justin Rose, Brad Snedeker is a previous winner here. Shown a bit of form last week. Graham Dillette had a top 10 last week. He's had two top 10s the last couple of years. Uh, whether he's actually going to win is another thing. That He seems to be the one that everyone's waiting to win or waiting for to win. And there's a few other people talking about Mark Leishman this week. He's had some good performances there. Um, he's had a couple of weeks off, so he might be fresh. He might be sluggish. Who knows? Um, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to seeing Tiger again this week. I think you know, the little bit of perverse part of me wants to see him struggle again. Because you know we get that kind of satisfaction that it, you know helps us feel better about our own games, but at the same time, I, I like what you said that going to a familiar place where he's had success before, you get the you know the sights, the smells, the sounds, it'll all feel good, and he might get that feel good factor, and it could help things start to click. I'm gonna say that what's going to be interesting for me is to see how Shane Lowry does. He's eighty to one over there. Um, oh, yeah, I'd like to back. see just for a little bit of uh, local local interest. I'd like to see how. Uh, how Shane gets on. Um, there's a, there is a part of me that, that would like to see Tiger do okay, but then, as I say, there's a part of me that would love to see him tank and probably withdraw after the first five holes. <laughs> just, just on Tiger, and, and we're going we're gonna to start to wrap up on this point. Out of curiosity, what's a successful week for Tiger? This week? In, in your opinion. Makes the cut and shoots three level par rounds on the on the south course, the difficult course. So stays around, but doesn't necessarily need to contend. If just he, needs if to he, stay around. If he finishes four under par for the week and he shot pretty much three level par rounds on the south course, and the game looks reasonably solid, and he's hitting chip shots actually in the air rather than on the ground, I think that's an unbelievably successful week based on what happened last week. So. What what would your definition of success be? No, I I, th- I think I think we're probably on the same wavelength mm-hmm. on that. I think he just needs to get four rounds under his belt. I I don't think he's got the game to be competing. 
um, even on a course that he loves. No. Um, but if if you can see the progression, well, I mean, that's the some, most important. But four, four rounds is, I'd say, vital for yeah, him yeah. right now. Some of the shots he hit last week were brilliant. I mean, when he got to swing, dialed in, a couple of his tee shots were just wonderful. Like three hundred and thirty yards, right down the middle. Everything looked in balance. You know. He looked in control of the swing. It looked it looked really good, and the ball you know the ball went where it was supposed to go. So there, you know, obviously the guy has the shots in there. It's about hitting those shots more consistently, and I don't think it's going to take this him too long to figure out all the little troubles. I think in a few weeks' time he might be ramping up the game for Augusta. Might be one of the only times you've ever seen Tiger Woods at fifty to one. Yeah, I mean it could be one just to put a, you know, t- a token bet on, just to frame it and say I backed Tiger at fifty to one. Yeah, well, um, it will be very interesting, and sure, this time next week we'll know how he's got on and how everybody else has got on. We'll also obviously know the winners of the Farmers Insurance and the Malaysian Open. We'll also hopefully know whether or not we're in the winner circle uh, by then because we're playing on Saturday. So. Uh, yeah. Back hopefully, to the uh, hopefully, well, yeah, if the weather holds up. So, look, that leaves me just to say thank you very much, Barry, for for your input. Um, thank you to the listeners for listening to us and downloading us. Um, if you want to get in contact, the email address is a good talk spoiled at gmail.com or just annoy Barry by uh, sending a load of uh, tweets to mm-hmm. at podcast GTS and uh, any suggestions or any comments about what we've covered. Is Tiger a done deal or uh, is he going to be? the breakthrough artist this year. Send us your opinions on on Twitter. Thank you very much, Barry. Till next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, man. Well, you're fine. Bye-bye.